If you would like to follow along with this morning's scripture reading, we're reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31. Paul writes, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed, but it is the power of God for those of us who are being saved. It is written in Scripture, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will reject the intelligence of the intelligent. Where are the wise? Where are the legal experts? Where are today's debaters? Hasn't God made the wisdom of the world foolish? In God's wisdom, he determined that the world wouldn't come to know him through its wisdom. Instead, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of preaching. Jews ask for signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, which is a scandal to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom. This is because the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Look at your situation. When you were called, brothers and sisters, by ordinary human standards, not many were wise, not many were powerful, not many were from the upper class. But God chose what the world considers foolish to shame the wise. God chose what the world considers weak to shame to strong. And God chose what the world considers low class and low life, what is considered to be nothing, to reduce what is considered to be something to nothing. So no human being can brag in God's presence. It is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus. He became wisdom from God for us. This means that he made us righteous and holy and he delivered us. This is consistent with what was written. The one who brags should brag in the Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we read our passage from the first uh, past chapter to Paul's letter in the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And when Paul tells this early church about the message of the cross and how he believes and how he sees and how he observes and how he knows that the message of the cross is a challenge to worldly wisdom. As Paul writes that the cross and the very idea of the cross appears as foolishness to the world's idea of smart or of wisdom. If we were to expand what Paul was saying, we could say ourselves, the cross appears incomplete to the world's idea of complete. It appears foolish, as Paul says, to those who would be wise. And the cross of Jesus Christ is these things because it is so different. It is so unusual and in some ways, depending how you view it, it is foolish. Yet today we gather to read a passage of Scripture when Paul says that Jesus offered himself to us on the cross, not in a different action, not in another place or another way, not in a mythical or mystical way that other gods and stories of gods have been said to do, but Jesus offered himself on something that is ordinary, something that is not ornate, something that is plain. And that's the truth on which we stand. If we remember about the Corinthian community, we have to remember that this is a community of faith that's being challenged by others who are telling them to live a different way. 
We have to remember that Paul is writing to a community that has been told that he himself is not an authentic disciple. He's not an authentic apostle because he himself did not witness firsthand the ministry and teachings and miracles and everything else of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Paul's a second kind of generation believer because he heard from someone else. Paul's been challenged because at first he was a Jew and he was a Pharisee and he persecuted the early Christian church until his domestic road experience when Jesus came before him and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And in the book of Acts, it says that Paul was blinded until he went to the city of Damascus where he was told to go to the home of Ananias, a Christian, who was told to bless him and immediately the scales fell from his eyes and he could see. But all along in his ministry, because of this, Paul was challenged about how authentic he could really be as a teacher of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is writing to a church that he has heard about many divisions within their ranks. For some are being claiming to be followers of him, others are denying that he is even a teacher. Some are claiming to be followers of Apollo, some are followers of Cephas or Peter, and some are claiming that they can be a follower of no apostle, no disciple, no teacher, that they are only followers of Jesus Christ. And so Paul's writing to this community that, that is disjointed, it's scattered, and we have to remember that Paul is writing to a community that is looking at this Christian faith through the lens, through their community, through their experience of Greek thought and of philosophic reasoning and trying to determine whether or not they are followers of Jesus Christ. You know, as I read the opening words to the letter to the Corinthian church, I think to myself that Paul could be writing this to the church today, couldn't he? As we look and as we are part of a universal Christian church that is split in many ways over many different issues, as we look and think about a church and a church that we're part of, that, that in some ways people are more worried about trying to win their battle and discussion with other Christians, that we have forgotten what it means for us to win hearts for Jesus Christ. I see this being a church and, 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 well, a community that we're part of. As we look, in just a few weeks ago, there was the debate between Bill Nye, the science guy, and, oh, I just drew a blank on his name, about, you know, the Christian faith and about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and creation. As some are looking at the Christian faith and, and are trying to articulate it, through the realm and side of reason and of science and of understanding. But today we're called to look at the cross. Which I think is an appropriate thing for us to pause and read and think about. As we near Lent, as we approach Ash Wednesday, and as we approach this time of examination that we're called to be in, because Jesus reveals to himself to us in something that Paul says is so foolish because it's the cross. And so he's looking at this community and he's saying if you're not proclaiming the cross, then what you're proclaiming is this deluded and watered down faith. Instead of offering the cross of Jesus and the life that it, and that it offers, he says instead we're trying to rationalize the things that we're doing by worldly wisdom. 
looking to Scripture as kind of a how-to book of li- and how to live a good life. What Paul is warning us to do is to not forget the cross and to not make it something that it's not because it has to be central to our life and our walk with Jesus as we look to grow, as we look to, to gain in our ability to trust in God and as we look to be disciples of Jesus Christ. See, I think the reason Paul so early in this letter takes on people who, who are talking about reason, who are talking about trying to prove their faith in that way is because he's looking at this life of faith and he's saying that knowledge is not something that you can gain in order to achieve salvation. We can't accumulate our way to heaven in terms of knowledge. It doesn't bring us any closer to God. Instead, he says, we simply have to believe in the mystery that is the cross. We can grow in our knowledge of Scripture. We can grow in our knowledge of who we believe Jesus is. But when it comes down to faith, at some point we just have to believe and acknowledge that God offered Himself to us on the cross. That some deem as foolish, that some deem as incomplete. But Paul says, to those who seek it, it offers life. You know, as I've thought about this passage of Scripture this week, I've kind of been thinking about a little conviction of myself as I think about how easy it is for us to pray to God and to ask for Him to increase our knowledge. I know I've done it in church to help us to, you know, dear God, help us to grow in our knowledge and understanding of You. Help us to grow in, in our, in our uh, just of what we think about You. As we ask God to help us understand more, to seek more, to receive more, in order to be a faith that is firmly rooted in knowledge, yet... I think what Paul is saying is we have to make our faith about our belief in Jesus and in the cross and not about the knowledge that we gain. The knowledge that we accrue, the knowledge that we grow into. Because at some point we have to center ourselves on the grace and peace of God who reveals Himself to us through Jesus Christ. If we make it about knowledge, if we make it about discovery, if we make our faith about the things that we do, well, then we make our understanding and our our living out of the gospel about us, about our discovery to find the God in our lives, about our discovery to find Jesus, about our discovery in, in connecting with God. We make it about ourselves, and in doing so, we lose the very center of the gospel. Where the scriptures say that God came, and revealed Himself to us through Jesus Christ. God came. God came and He offered Himself to those that He loved out of His love for us. Not through our wisdom, not through our knowledge, not through the things that you and I do in our serving and helping other people. But God came. And revealed himself to us through his son Jesus Christ. That we might live. 
that we might receive forgiveness and that we might realize that, that what we believe is it's not about our action, but it's about the action of God who in the cross offered himself to us and who in this foolish thing called the cross gives us life and truth and the ability to believe and place our hope and trust in God. See, as I think about the cross, I think about the fact that it's a mystery. That God would so humble himself to offer himself to the world on something so simple. It's not fancy, it's not ornate, it's not something that draws people's eyes, but yet it's in this foolish thing that he offers you life. And he offers you and I the ability to place our hope and our trust in him. And it's in the mystery of faith that he does that and allows us to to turn to him and make it central to who we are and more importantly to who he is. Because all the things that we do, all the worship that we offer, all the service that we share in, they're nothing if they're not based on the cross of Jesus Christ and on the life that God gives us through Him as He was crucified. And in being crucified, God offered us resurrection. And so I invite you today as we share in Holy Communion and as we offer in our worship together to think about the mystery of faith. About what it means for us to be a people of faith who, who gather at the cross this simple thing. But yet in doing so, God offers us so much. Because it is a mystery, this faith that He gives us. The ability that we have to believe in Him. And to place our hope and our trust in Him. Because it's in the cross that God meets us. You and I, wherever we are. And He offers us forgiveness and He offers us life. And He offers the the ability and opportunity to be His people. Who choose to live. Who choose to serve. And yet who receive this gift in life and grace so freely given to us out of his love for us.